Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Oh my goodness, so let's get into the word. So I'm going to do a bit of a repeat today simply because I haven't been able to get this out of my spirit a couple Wednesdays ago, or it might have been last Wednesday, not well, yeah, last week, not this past week. Uh, the Lord uh, gave me a message to speak, and I shared it. And I, that particular Wednesday night, I was struggling uh, greatly. And then uh, after the service, I haven't just been able to get it out of my mind. I haven't been able to get it out of my system. So when approaching today, uh, I just felt like I needed to do a partial uh, repeat. So I'm not going to cover everything that I covered on a Wednesday, but I am going to bring out the main point and do a little bit of a repeat and a little bit of, of something new. So my message today is titled, Who's in Control? Can you look at somebody and ask them, who's in control? Let's start off with the verse. Psalms 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's. Can you say that? The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. Now, the psalmist is pretty clear here. It's pretty understandable. Who owns the earth? The Lord. Pretty straightforward. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So everything about it, the world and they that dwell in, dwell in, excuse me. So the declaration or the statement is God owns the earth, the world, and all in it. But let me offer you a question. Some of this is going to uh, challenge some of your traditional beliefs today. Some of this uh, might upset some of you, and some of it might be an aha moment for some of you, and some of it might be uh, an agreement for you. So my question is this, even though God owns the world, does God control it? Just want you to think about it before you answer it. Don't go to your traditional roots. Because traditionally, the verbiage from a lot of Christian Christians is God is in control. Let me ask you the big question, because this is the premise of all of it. Is God really in control of what he owns? Now, let me throw this at you. Control equals. Can you say control equals? Control equals cause and effect. Say that again. I'm teaching you this morning. I'm not preaching you. preaching to you. I'm teaching. 
control equals cause and effect. Whatever we are in control of, we are the cause of what happens to that in which we control. If we are really in control of something, I mean, that is our domain. That is our possession. Any and everything that happens to it is a byproduct of our controlling it. If we really are in control of something, then we are the cause and the effect of whatever happens to that something. I'm not going to ask, but hopefully you're in agreement to that. So now let me ask you this. Is God the cause of these next four things I'm about to list? Is God the cause of the Holocaust? Six million Jews died, which was two-thirds of the European Jewish community. Six million of God's chosen people died by the hands of the Nazi regime. Number two, poverty. One billion people today live in extreme poverty. One billion, that's a lot of people, live in extreme poverty. That that means they can't eat what they need to eat. They don't live how they need to live. They cannot function as a human being as they were created to function. One billion people. Is God the cause of one billion people being in extreme poverty? Sickness and disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, hepatitis, AIDS, and the list goes on. Is God the cause of cancer? Is God the cause of Alzheimer's? Is God the cause of hepatitis? Is God the cause? Is God the reason for all the sickness and the disease that floods our world? The last one, which is a a collection of some of the worst things that can happen. Murder. Rape. Abuse, theft, molestation. Is God the cause of some of the most tragic actions or experiences that we as human beings can face? Because if God is the cause, If God is the cause, just ask yourself the question, do I really believe God is the cause of these things that I just listed? Do I really believe that God is the cause of the Holocaust? That God is the reason six million of his children was murdered. Because if he is in control which we say all the time, oh, don't worry about it. God is in control. No big deal. God is in control. You'll get through it. God is in control. 
if God is in control, then he is the cause. If God is in control, I'll say it again. He is in, he's the cause. But we preach and we pray, God is a good God. God is a good father. God is a loving creator, full of mercy, full of grace, full of blessings. But let's come to terms. If God is the cause of these tragedies that I just listed, can we realistically and truthfully say God is a good God? If you knew someone that murdered six million people, would you say they were a good being? Would you? No, no good person would. Told you I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna upset your apple cart a little bit today. I'm not gonna I'm not planning to keep you long because this is a heavy message and I don't want to focus on uh, on on this a long time. Me and Lorana gave Koa <clears throat> Lorana's car, but the thing is that car is still in our name. It's not in his name. He drives it. He speeds in it. He blasts the radio in it. He's almost been in a few accidents in it. But we own it. If he uses, abuses, and misuses that car, even though me and Lorana's name is on it, are we the cause of it? No, because it's his foot on the pedal. It's his brain telling his hands to do something specifically, specific. Now, let me throw a couple other verses at you because I want to present to you this. God owns the earth, which we've already established. Can I get a yes? But humanity controls it. Let's look at a couple verses. Psalms 8.4. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Let me say that again, verse 6. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things, can you say all things, under his 
feet. So according to Psalms 8, 8, 4 through 6, specifically 6, could we look at that and truthfully say, God is in control? It's a very clear scripture. It's a very clear truth. But we act and we live as if it doesn't exist. Because if this is true, it changes everything in regards to everything we do. Let me read you another scripture just to, to, to give it a little bit more solidity. Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female, he created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it. And here we go again. And have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the fowl over there, over every living thing, over every living thing that moveth upon or move upon the earth. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, it not only changed them, but it changed the whole world. Eve's choice to listen to the serpent and Adam's choice to listen to Eve not only changed the dynamic of their situation in life, but it changed the dynamic of the whole world. Why did it change the dynamic of the whole world? Because if you are in control of the whole world, everything you do creates a cause and an effect for the whole world. So I present to you today that even though it's the nice Christian thing to say, God is not in control, but we are. And every good and every bad thing that happens on the earth is not a byproduct of God's neglect, but it is a byproduct of humanity's choices. Amen? So number one, we cannot blame God for anything because God has given us the car and the car keys and provided a way for us to put gas in it. And so what we do with that car is our own choice and fault. So again, this changes everything. In regards to what we do. 
If you was given a car, you would look at it a little bit different than if mom and dad owned that car and had control over it. You would be concerned about gas in the gas tank, oil in the engine, the tires being inflated properly and being rotated properly, right? The mindset and the attitude and the responsibility toward that car completely changes because you know you are in control of it. And so what we do on earth has to be considered, has to be weighed out because what we choose and what we do on earth is the cause and effect for everything we control. We have a responsibility to do good on earth because in the choice of doing good, the earth will receive good and become good. We have a responsibility to not choose evil on this earth because we know when we choose evil upon this earth, we are allowing evil to remain and to control and to affect and to dominate this earth. The way we live, what we do, even how we pray, It begins to change when we take ownership of the world. So I ask you this question this morning. Have you taken ownership of the world you live in? Or have you been of the mindset that you can just cruise on by and what will be, what will be, because after all, God is in control. Because that's what a lot of Christians have done and are doing. Not enough Christians is rising, taking a stand, and making choices to make this world a better place. Because we have been erroneously taught that we can live by grace because God is in control. And what happens just happens. We dedicate our children to the Lord. A lot of us do. Even though, and, and we say, God, these are your children. Thank you for the blessings that you've given us. How many of you would take the attitude with your children, what will be, will be? I love them. 
They're wonderful some days. But God's in control. God's in control. Let them go to school when they want to go to school. God's in control. Bless the Lord. Let them eat what they want to eat. Hallelujah. God's in control. Let them just hang with whoever they want to hang with and go to whatever party they want to go with. Bless the Lord. God's in control. I feel that one. Let them just watch whatever they want to watch. That 13-year-old son can look at any website that he wants to look at. Look at it. don't matter. God's in control, y'all. Woo. I'm going to give you another memoir word. Bull malarkey. Lorana shook her head. I, I'm not giving a bad one. I got in trouble here, I think, last time I spoke. Well, she, she had something to say when we went home. Why? Because we take ownership of our children, and rightfully so. Even though we have surrendered our kids and we have dedicated our children unto the Lord, there is no possible way that we would carry the attitude I just made fun of in regards to our children because we take ownership of our babies and we invest in our babies and we know that we as parents can be the cause and effect of our babies. So if we do that as owners of our baby, the same principle applies when we realize that we are owners of this world. What we do truly matters. Because what we do not only affects us, because like in a, dang, in, a, in a game of dominoes, what we do affects the person next to us, who and then will affect the person next to them, who will and then affect the person next to them. And choices and actions has a tendency to affect the whole world. So what is God's role in this? Four things. Because we can kind of come to the thought and the idea or even the question, okay, if God is not in control and we are in control, where does God play into effect? Like, should we even pray? What's the use of it? Should we even come to church? What's, what, what's the use? If God owns, but he, we're in control, is God just up there in heaven, just kind of just watching us and letting us be as we are and just be like, do, 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 do. just looking at his clock, waiting for the time that he's going to return? No, not at all. So what is God's role in this? There's four distinct roles. There's, there, there's more, but uh, we're just going to look at, 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 at four of the primaries. Number one, it's what God has already done that is still in effect currently and futuristically is God has given us his word. 
It's not rocket science. It's very easy. Living by God's word makes better humans and it creates a better world. Like, you don't even have to believe in Jesus. Just, just live, live by the Bible in a modern way. I'm not talking about in an Old Testament way. But just live by the Bible in a modern way. It will make you a better human being, and it will make your house a better home, and it will make the world a better place. Because God's word is full of life, it's full of blessing, it's full of health, it's full of strength. It will lead you into prosperity, it will lead you into success, it will lead you into love, it will lead you into favor in the land. So the first thing that we have to realize when it comes to God and his role with us and in this world is it has already happened. He's given us his word. And it's our responsibility to live by it. Number two is God partners with us in this world. So what do I mean by that? So when we live by his word, when we pray, when we exercise faith, when we love each other, God comes alongside of us and he partners with us in the attended outcome of his word, of our prayer, of our faith, and with our love. So this is where God moves in our life miraculously. This is where God operates in our life on a practical level and a supernatural level. He partners with us. The word even says that his spirit will come upon us and we shall receive power. His word says that nothing is impossible when he is in the mix of our actions, our choices, and our life. So, so God isn't just up in heaven waiting for chaos to smooth out. No, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The fact of the matter is God is invested in your life. God cares about your life. God wants to work in your life. God wants to empower your life. God wants to bless your life. God wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to have a solid home and an intimate marriage and a strong family. But the problem is so many times we do not partner with God when it comes to how we live. We partner with the world or we partner with our flesh. When we partner with God, repeating myself, with the word, with prayer, with faith, and with love, God gets involved in our life. And this is what enables us to manage, to lead, to have dominion over a broken, demonic-filled world. Because we cannot do it on our own. Adam and Eve 
proved that to us. The people before the flood proved that to us. The people after the flood proved that to us. We cannot do it on our own. We are sinful. But if we partner with God through biblical principles, then guess what? We can do it with God. Amen? So the third one, this is a mystery. There's no rhyme or reason. God moves sovereignly. In other other words, God has a plan and he moves as he chooses. You can't put a rhyme and reason on God. You can't look at someone's life where you see God doing something and look at somebody else's life to where you don't see God doing the same thing and find rhyme and reason with it. You just don't know. There's a lot of dynamics that have occurred. Faith is a dynamic. God's will is a dynamic. God's glory is a dynamic. Satanic activity in people's life is a dynamic. Generational curses is a dynamic. Influences is a dynamic. There's all these crazy dynamics that is a part of why God does or doesn't do certain things in our life. And you will never figure it out, and I will never figure it out. So I've come to the conclusion to do what the Bible says. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways trust the Lord. There's times when God has moved miraculous in me and Lorana's life. And then there's been times where we're like, God, why have you forsaken me? And there's no rhyme and reason to it. I don't know why. I'd like to know why. I've asked why, but there hasn't been a revelation of why. Why in one season he blesses our socks off and in another season we're barely getting by. I don't know why. All I know is I'm going to trust God because his ways is higher than mine. But he moves sovereignly in our lives. And here's the fourth one. His role on the earth is one day to take it back. He will take it back. God is coming back and he will take back control. And he will rid the earth of the evil that humanity has allowed to happen. Satan is not the reason for the evil in the earth. He's the reason for the temptation. He's the reason for the manipulation. He is the reason for the deception. But he is not the reason for the evil. Humanity is the reason for the evil. And one day, God's coming back. He's going to regain control. And he's going to rid the world as we know it of evil. And the Bible says there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and a city, which we call the city of God, that's going to be above 
the new earth to come. So what do we do in the meantime? We realize, I mean, we really realize the way we live, what we do, how we interact, what we don't do, truly does affect the whole world, starting with yourself and working from there. You and I have to take ownership of this wonderful place called the world or earth and continue to fight the good fight of faith. Continue to stand up against evil. Continue to make choices that is based off of God's way so that where we live becomes what God intended it to be. Can you look at somebody and say, you're in control? Oh, help me out. Get a little louder than that, please. Look at someone and say, you're in control. So next week, we're going to dive into how can we, how things we can do to take back control. So this is based off of a two-week message. So make plans to be back next week so I can talk to you about truly taking back control so that you and your life can be blessed and truly experience and receive what God has for you because it's not God's will for you to be out of control Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.